and welcome to this bonus episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secret. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing today, Coco? Um, so today I have a headache, actually. I don't know specifically why I do, but it's a thing that I possess. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because there's been a lot going on in my life recently, especially online. Oh, yeah. You're a viral sensation, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later uh, for the reason why. Yeah. But, yeah. This last episode of Drag Race was actually really interesting. We're going to kind of bounce all over the map a little bit talking about this. I didn't actually get to see the first part of the episode. So it's basically just Lala is eliminated and they're getting in there and they're setting up the episode to talk about how the A-Squad or the girls that won their lip syncs are now not safe because Lala was one of the girls that got eliminated and was part of that group. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's... That's a little kooky, but I guess. Well, Lala, I mean, we talked, you listened to our last bonus episode. I wasn't thrilled. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was in the bottom with Lala? Who, oh, Elliot. It was Elliot. Elliot mm-hmm. lip synced against her in her little flapper dress, mm-hmm. and, which I thought was everything. Yeah. So in this episode, wasn't there like something they were auditioning with each other for or something? Yeah. So the next part of the episode starts with them getting announced that they're going to be doing this rusical. Okay. So. Rue comes in, they kind of decide the parts, there's a squabble, because if you remember from last episode, there was a bit of a struggle between Utica and Olivia Lux Oh yes. about who was going to get their part, and Utica obliged and, and gave uh, Olivia the part that Utica really, really wanted. wanted. Mm-hmm. So this time around, Utica's like, listen, everyone, I feel like I've been very nice, I really want this part, so if you just let me have this part, I would like that. And so Utica stood up for herself in the casting and got the part that Denali wanted. And so the other part that Denali wanted was the part that Rosé wanted, which was the lead. And so this is the first time I think this has ever happened for one of these like musical episodes where the queens have a full-on audition for the part. And so each of them were to sing a song. And it was kind of it was kind of everything because, you know, like Denali gets up there and is like, I'm just going to stand up here. And then uh, Rose is like, well, Foxy would know that she's going to stand up there <laughs> like doing already done a whole character study on the character and all that. They both end up singing a snippet from the song and the Queens vote and two vote for Denali and the rest vote for Rose for the part. Oh, interesting. And Tina says that she voted for Denali only to get under Rosé's skin. Wow. Um, that's really... She was joking, though, right? Or yeah, she... I mean, there's they've been setting them up to have a rivalry this entire season. I don't even season. understand why. They don't even... Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> produce shows, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, so I tuned in um, when they start rehearsing. Yeah. Yeah, so I... The funny thing is, like, so I am really watching Simone these days. Yeah. And I know that Simone becomes everything that people love and hate. A meme I just saw literally 20 minutes ago said, really, girl, another bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, the thing about it is. She loves showing her skin. She loves showing her skin, but I'm actually kind of falling in love with it and, like, kind Mm -hmm. of changing my dynamic because of how amazing she does do. And Mm so when she was doing to rehearse her part and she was, like, singing and she just, like, couldn't sing at all and like couldn't Mm -hmm. get the cadence right and like was just being really bad and Mm -hmm. like and i get it though because like i mean yes charisma uniqueness nerve and talent that's what the show's about Mm -hmm. but at the same time like they also are acting what they actually mean is um i need you to be a great actor i need you to be a comedy person Mm -hmm. i also need you to be able to do stand-up um be able to sing super well rap as well and of course be an amazing dancer classically trained yeah 
and yeah. an amazing seamstress. So everything that you need to be five different roles at Disney, um, yeah. <laughs> you have to be in one. I think there is a fair point for those girls during these type of vocal challenges when they don't have the same talent that some of the other girls are just naturally gifted or have worked mm-hmm. very hard on over the years to have. There is something that those girls that don't have the singing talent can do, and that's to to really characterize Right. You know, to make it goofy. I mean, think back when, like, Bianca, Bianca couldn't sing. And when she had to do the live musical challenge, they had the comedy queens. And it was like, you know, there was it was like a really gruff comedy queen type of character, which is exa- it's Bianca. Right. But, you know, you, you have to give it some sort of your own flair and a uh, character to it. And that's kind of the best way. Uh, Katya, too, another good example, was on her season. They had that Tan With Me musical um, mm-hmm. music video they had to do, the parody video thing. Mm-hmm. And Katya just like was uh, really gross the entire time, and mm-hmm. and ended up doing really well during during that. Yeah, challenge, and I so. I think that um, well, and actually even in um, Read You Wrote You, Katya's verse is kind of spoken where. Well, I don't, yeah. here's the thing though. Like one thing I was gonna say about it is you get to choose to a degree you get to choose your cadence a little bit. Yeah, you can you can make it what you want it to be. And like Sodano was saying, you know, it's just making an over dramatization, but. Um, as a person who sings, um, and Donna sings as well, mm-hmm. I've never actually considered that. Yeah. Like, so if I was a person who couldn't sing, being presented in a situation where I had to make a campy, rhythmic, B. Mm-hmm. Arthur kind of esque, like tone to like make it fun and interesting, would be a lot of pressure. Actually, it would. Like, especially because if you, if you, especially if you don't know rhythm. Mm-hmm. Trying to create something that fits in there, like Katya did with that song, mm-hmm. um, would be even more challenging. And, yeah. I, and I know they're not trying to like set them up for failure, like it's a TV show. But at the same time, they have to like make it to where it's good enough to use. I, I mean, it's definitely putting you up to the test. It's like, are you going to rise to the occasion or are you going to falter with the pressure? So, you know, I think a lot of it is is about having the confidence, going in there with confidence and being able to sell a character and they talk about this in the judging of this episode how you know they they just wanted they want Simone to sell it yeah yeah and um we'll definitely get to the judging later but uh her verse from what was in the practice was just abysmal yeah um <laughs> and going down the line I, there's this thing that also oh no she had the same sorry to keep picking on Simone they had the thing where she couldn't say a word right or something like that it was Ogle versus Oogle, and she was saying Oogle. She's saying Oogle, and Mm -hmm. and like she couldn't get it down to say Ogle. Mm -hmm. I think because Drag Race has lots of long filming days and they're really stressed out and they're malnourished a little bit, like I feel like uh, it is hard to focus. Yeah. And like get all that stuff done. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with UK when they were going over that issue with Joe Black, the Glenn Close but no cigar, and they were trying to get the timing right on it. Yeah. Yeah. and, And it was just the same thing over and over again. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. And yeah. so during that scene, it really wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like trip ups. But they did this thing with Utica again. And we talked about this last bonus episode. Mm-hmm. They showed her doing her verse and she kind of tripped up a little bit as she was practicing it. But then they almost like immediately move on. It's yeah. like this show is trying to say that Utica is going to be in the, t- well, I don't know if she is. It's just like the way that they're filming Utica is that she's going to like, they're like they're giving her passes in the filming. They're giving her passes in the competition, I think. She's been yeah. in the bottom 3 two episodes in a row and was almost I mean she was safe this episode, mm-hmm. but I mean only because there were some that did worse than her. But 
yeah, I, I, they're giving her passes in a lot of ways. So I, I think, it, I mean, Utica is going to end up in the bottom here at some point. Oh, yeah. It's probably next episode. Yeah. And I feel like they're falling asleep. They're sleeping on Denali and Rosé. And here's, and let me, let me say it this way. Denali and Rosé have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Like, I've not been super impressed with um, some of the things Rosé has brought to the stage. Yeah. Um, but... Every time that there's an acting challenge or singing challenge or a dancing challenge, she just like kills it. And like, I mean, actually, the judges say that tonight. Um, not to go to the runway already, but like, it's she just has so much that she's offering. Yeah. And I'm really excited for her because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah. give me talent. Because here's the thing, though, when I see queens like Rose and Denali who mm-hmm. do have this long list of resumes of really world-class things that they have both done, mm-hmm. I do expect them to show out and show up every single time. And their runways are always great. They're, they're The way they act in the challenges. And they're not messy in the confessionals. No, they're not. They're, I think they're there to compete. They're. I mean, yeah. I, I think we saw that when it came to the whole like head-to-head audition with them, that they are there to compete. Yeah. And they're to get recognized and they're to win. You know, they want to. They're both very competitive. I think Denali coming from sports and Rosé having the, the extensive theater background and singing mm-hmm. background that she has too you know yeah yeah well and yeah we go from there to them learning the choreo yeah they start learning the choreo with jamal sims yeah yep jamal sims uh so they they're doing the choreo with him there's some that are able to pick it up really nicely because they're kind of natural dancers and then there's Mm -hmm. some that are struggling and it seems that they've mostly focused on the ones that were struggling through the choreo. I have this, like, awkward question on how talented Rosé is, I'm realizing. Yeah. Mainly because, like, when she was practicing, like, she was just getting her moves down. Yeah. And I know it's still produced. Like, she doesn't go through it once and has it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he said, okay, one, two, three, four, and then step, step, step. And then suddenly she does that, and then, of course, like, 15 steps after. Of course it's produced. But that's also the confidence that we're talking about, though, too. Yeah. You know, like, even if you are, even, even if you do have the skill set, you know, you have to mm-hmm. go into the situation with this hyped up confidence that you can do what is thrown at you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was a lot of choreo. They did show certain people struggling. And here's the thing. So we're just I'm just going to say who's in the bottom this week. It was Simone and Candy Muse. And the re- the reason I'm saying that is they were showing Simone's struggle yeah. during the choreo part. And it was at the beginning. It was like, one, two, three, four, step to the right. And she didn't do it right the first time. And he's like, you need to do it better. And I'm like, gosh, why are they producing this moment? Oh, she's probably in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For real. It was a step. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. And, well, I mean, with Tina Burner, it was like she stopped lip syncing for one second, but did good the rest of the time. Yeah. She didn't have really any step, like, trip-ups the rest of the thing. Also, like, I, I, they gave her all of the part. Like, she was in She the was whole, the narrator. She was the narrator the yeah. whole time. Yeah. With a lot of, like, a lot of things she had to do. And I was really impressed with what she did. She does look like a narrator, just in general. She did. She it was it harkened back to cabaret. Yeah. The, oh, mm, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, the one thing, the one thing that I, uh, me and Donna talked about, which I just find to be fascinating, is the costumes that they wore. Yeah. So we know during the disco thing, apparently that was their costumes. They were probably told to bring a disco disco outfit. outfit yeah. Yeah. That they thought might have been a runway maybe because mm-hmm. they read candy for how simple hers was mm-hmm. now in this one obviously this was really specific and they were all in interesting costumes i don't know what they would have been told to bring 
to do that. So I think me and Donna were asked thinking that they... it's provided. I I think for these specific challenges that are scripted, the, I, I, it's like how every production goes. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have some sort of. Or, or they're asked to bring some extra outfits, you know. I think that that's something that they ask is for you to bring some different pieces from your, you know, sim- some oh, simple yeah. pieces maybe mm-hmm. that can work or double as costumes. Or, or they're borrowed from other queens. Or they, or they have, like, you know, they have a, a stock of, of costumes, I'm sure, that they pull from for these little challenges. So I'm sure it goes something like that. Because uh, yeah, it would have to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because yeah. they they were they were more sim- on the simple side. They were all of the costumes were pretty simple for the the actual show. I mean, Olivia was wearing a tank top, <laughs> <I know. laughs> like jeans. a gray tank top and some yeah, it's a mom jeans. <laughs> yeah, so th- none of the outfits were exciting. And then even the Russians, like they were like what Denali was wearing a red slip dress. Like it wasn't. Oh, the hair was theirs though. Yeah, the hair had to be theirs because the, sure. like obviously why would. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever they called her for Olivia. Yeah. Blue. Blue. Yeah. Yeah, Like really updo. And then also because Candy Muse got read for filth about her her hair. hair. (laughs) And I agree though. Like girl, like if you're going to do all those, like put in some Tina Burner clips or something like to keep the hair out your face, girl. The thing is like the hair made sense because she was parodying work bitch by Britney Spears for her number Mm -hmm. because that's what Britney wore during the office scene or whatever. But it should have been out of her face and it just, you know, she did... She thought she did great on that stage because yes. I did watch Untucked 2 and she came back thinking, like, she was mad because mm-hmm. she thought she was in the top and she was excited to hear their critiques. Oh, yeah. Her so face did drop. It dropped through. because they were positive about her runway and then got to her performance and they were like, your hair was in your face. We couldn't really see you, you know? Yeah. And then even like um, her hold up dress uh, that Beyonce wore. Yeah. Uh, we just watched the video after. And the thing about Beyonce's dress that was better than what Candy Muse was wearing was Beyonce's was fitted at the waist. Mm-hmm. It was flowy, but the only part that was fitted was literally at the waist. It was made from a more movable fabric, too, like a more expensive fabric mm-hmm. that moves with like any little movement that you do. Yeah. And Candy's wasn't quite that. And Candy's no. was, um, didn't have any. Um, arm things and Beyonce's did and I didn't need it to be an exact replicas because in Drag Race they will read you for exact replicas Mm -hmm. Um, but I just needed more from that outfit a little bit it was gorgeous don't get me wrong but it just needed to be a little bit more Yeah, and so they were kind of reading her for filth on that yeah. Um, but to go back to the the actual musical and stuff like that who did you like in that? I loved the Russians Mm -hmm. I loved Rosé, all of the ones that the judges agreed were the top were, I I feel, deserved. So I think Denali and I loved that Got Mick rose to the occasion because she had a partner to match off of that really kept a good energy with her as well. So, you know, I I liked that. I liked most of the performances. I think, honestly, when it came to the bottom, it was a lot of it was splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to vocal talent, I think that's one obvious thing that if you're not able to do like a really big character and you Mm -hmm. don't, and you lack the vocal talent as well, I think it's kind of like an automatic death sentence for the bottom, which I think happened is what happened to Candy and Simone. They both, I think had the, probably the worst vocals on the track. Yeah. And unfortunately too, there were some issues in the performance as well. So agreed. Agreed. I I, I fully agree. My, my tops were, um, I did like the Russians a lot, but uh, Rose just stole the show for me so much. Like, because her character um, was in most every scene mm-hmm. and she acted well. She was funny. She could sing great. But the one thing that I love about a drag queen, there's a drag queen in town called Click the Icon who does this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Even in the points of the song, 
or the points in the movement, which don't really have anything for you to do, mm-hmm. they're still in character. Yeah. Like, even if it's a hair flip to get out on my face or yeah. or even a manufactured hair flip. Yeah. That, like, it's not even in your face, but you still, like, flip it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, and the way you walk and move and get up off the ground, like, there's, like, this whole persona that happens that... I felt like she and I just couldn't take my eyes off of her. I thought it was so yeah classy. Actually, yeah. I thought it was really. Great. She's a natural. You could tell mm-hmm. that the stage is where she belongs, and oh, it was it was really cool to see that come to life in this musical. I really, I honestly, I think the musical episodes are kind of fun to watch, and I like that they're doing it to where they record their vocals before, and they're not just like live singing up there on stage. Yeah, I think it's it's less pressure on on the girls, and yes. it makes it to where they can add some characterizations in when they're recording, and I feel like it's a little bit easier to kind of do more with what you're given when you're lip syncing to a recording versus. singing live the night of because there's so many things that can go wrong with live singing yeah well and i was thinking about something too um so they told us this at camp on a kiki they said a lot of what this is is um sitting around and waiting Mm -hmm. for your turn and waiting for action yeah um but there's going to be a lot of times especially early on when you know there's more people on the show yeah where you're just waiting yeah so if we think about this episode people have to record their full tracks they don't like obviously okay you're done for now let's go to the next person it's they have to get through their whole track yeah you know and that could take up to an hour or whatever it's not probably 15 minutes like they show it's probably an hour so they're just sitting in those chairs in the back just watching the other girls go yeah and i just think that that's so like i i feel like that i would love to see more of those scenes like it would be great if there was like a behind the scenes of Drag Race to kill the fantasy just a little bit, but being mm-hmm. like that bitch waited in that chair for four hours before her turn, yeah, like something like that. You know, I just I just think it would be interesting to see. Yeah, let's move on to the runway, and we'll talk about a few of our favorites, and then also let's talk about the big topic on the runway that I'll hand over to you <laughs> after that. So aside from. I guess, candies and the one that we're going to talk about. What were some other runways that stood out to you this episode? So I really liked Olivia Lux's look. Yeah. It was like this Gorgeous. gown, feathery. There was nothing special about it in the sense of like it wasn't like a taxi cab or something like Tina Burner yeah. and L.A. with two T's did. It was literally just this beautiful gown and her hair was gorgeous. Yeah. I was so obsessed. Yeah. Like, I just was. It was beautiful. Yeah. Which is funny because the last person, who I can't remember who they are now, also had just something, like, simple like that, but it wasn't enough for me. And I can't remember who that was. I don't know. Because it wasn't memorable. (laughs) Yeah. I think the last person was Got Mick. It was the Crash Test Dummy. No, Crash Test Dummy I liked. Oh, okay. It was somebody else who wore, like, a gown. I can't remember who it was. Hmm. The Crash Test Dummy was amazing. I did love that. I liked the Crash Test Dummy a lot. I liked, I also, I think Tina Burner's taxi was my favorite of the two taxis. And I think that's probably the best that Tina Burner has looked. Yes. Even with the campy boobs having the headlights for the taxi cab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was still probably my least favorite part of the outfit. Certainly was. (laughs) Because I've seen queens do that ever since I started drag where they put the press on lights on the titties. And it's like, look, I'm a robe. I'm Iron Man with with titties. Titties. Titty Iron Man. Titty Iron Man or I'm I'm the front of a car. You know, it's just, (laughs) uh, it's, (laughs) I mean, it's campy. It's, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. But still, I thought in the face too, she looked, she looked better and it wasn't, it wasn't red and yellow and, you know, Ronald McDonald. Still yellow, but it was still yellow. I'm glad that, and I bet she probably had red hair to go with that look and she decided against it. I'm so glad she didn't. Like, cause the hair did look familiar 
It might have been used by one of the girls during the musical. It, it looked really have. familiar. Yeah. It well, looked it like looked one of the Russian. It hairs. looked like Denali's hair <laughs> during yeah. the musical. Yeah. She was just like, I can't wear this red hair anymore. Yeah. They're gonna read me for milk. <laughs> but I guess other than that, yeah, this runway because it was a like it was a color theme runway, which they have one pretty mm-hmm. much every season. They have a color yes. theme or some something along those lines. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything that I was like, you know, super in awe over with this sure. runway specifically. But I feel like now, since we do have some time in this episode, we should take some time to talk about some of the things that we actually even brought up in last week, which were Elliot with two T's and some of the behavior that has been exhibited that let's let's let you get into it, Coco. Yeah, I just so I had this is one of those things where you catch these things first. And I, I was probably one of the first few people on the internet to catch this. But I was, I woke up, I was scrolling through Instagram. No, I was scrolling through Twitter, actually. Mm. I don't know what got me there, but I ended up on Elliot with two T's Twitter. And I saw her in her taxi cab. And then I saw immediately a picture of the taxi cab from The Wiz. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love The Wiz. And then I read the caption. And she said, my look was inspired by and I'm just paraphrasing, I could get it wrong. But it's basically like my look was inspired by the taxi cab from the Wiz. And it was like, if you haven't seen it, you should like look it up and like Ease on down the road and like toot toot beep beep. Ease on down the road, toot toot, beep beep. And I was so I, I was <laughs> I immediately kind of got set off by it. And and honestly, I don't I do want this episode to be a little bit more factual. So I'll read you what it re- what it said. It said toot toot beep beep. My inspiration for my taxi look was the taxi from the movie The Wiz. Look it up. It's everything. He's on down the road. And <laughs> it, just, it is the, the best way to say what this is, is tone deafness, accidental racism, and microaggressions. Yeah. Beca- which is something that she's been accused of yeah. already. Which actually, the thing is, I don't follow drag race, like, quote unquote drama is like I used to and whatever. Yeah, I was um, the one that told you about yeah, it. Yeah, you brought it up last episode. Yeah, and yeah. and that's when I had first heard about it and I kind of looked it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. like, no big deal, like in the sense of she had said some problematic things. Oh, we watched the video where Elliot with 2D said that Simone was aggressive, aggressive. Not aggressive. She was trying to compliment her, but it came off as this backhanded racist microaggression. Yes. It was, It. she said... She just does black girl magic and it's elegant and not aggressive. Oh yeah, it's elegant and not aggressive. Yeah. And um so which is problematic by all means. And we're not going to spend necessarily this episode talking about why those things are problematic. We all have access to the internet specifically, but we can talk about in this instance because people won't know why this was problematic. So mm-hmm. the thing is, and it's funny, somebody tried to school me on this just literally like 10 minutes ago and I was just like, no girl, you're wrong. So the taxi cabs in The Wiz, they're kind of like a metaphor. Like everything in the movie version of The Wiz mm-hmm. is supposed to be talking about black people during the times. Like even the scene with Miss One, like all the kids are graffiti and they're, mm-hmm. in, the ghetto. they're in a playground actually. And then the next scene after, as soon as I get home, which is normally a poppy song, mm-hmm. um, the way Diana Ross does it in the movie, she's like walking through the ghetto mm-hmm. and like talking about when she wants to get home and like all this. Like there's this... There's lots of different imagery. There's lots of different um, messages in the movie. Mm-hmm. So the taxi cab symbolize a very clear, very obvious thing that even I recognized as a kid, which I'm not trying to hurt any of my listeners' feelings by saying this, mm-hmm. but a lot of you commented, oh, I didn't even pick up on that. As a little black kid, I picked up on that. Yeah. So the thing about the taxi cabs is every time they say, Dorothy, just, you know, just, you know, follow the yellow road, you know, same mm-hmm. story. 
And so she sees a taxi cab, obviously, and she just tries to get it, and it goes immediately off duty and drives away. Mm-hmm. And then as she picks up the other members, like the Scarecrow and the Lion and the Tin Man or whatever, yeah. every time they try to go to catch a cab, it goes immediately off duty. And it's talking about New York City at the time to mm-hmm. where black people just couldn't catch a cab. Yeah. Like, every time they asked, they just couldn't get it. And so there's a scene when they finally pick up the Lion. Um, and the tin- So it's all four of them. When they're singing Ease on Down the Road, they dance on top of the taxi cabs that are off duty because they don't need them anymore. Like, like we'll just ease on down the road. Which, I mean, and that's not even a, a thing of that. I mean, it is a thing of the times, but like taxi cabs racially profiling, like a lot of the times is is something. I mean, it's happened. It's something that happens every day. It's something that it happens does. even with like Uber today, you know? So yes. like, I, I, I think that that is, it's not a reach at all to it's say that. Like, that is something that, that is something that happens. Like, and if you don't see that, then then you're getting your own bias is getting in the way. Well, and it was ignorant. And the, the thing is like, so I'm going to read into one piece of the message. When mm-hmm. she said, she said, you should look it up. I was so offended by that. And I don't know why. I, I mean, people have told me why online and I agree with it. My, our friend Natalie, Simone, who is part of Little Tricks with us. Yeah. She actually said, she's like, no, 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 girl. You, you need, look it up. You look it up and you need to watch that movie. Like, my gosh. Uh. Because it was, it's tone deaf, and well, I mean, and it's it's what you said before too. You're like to black people, the whiz is sacred ground. You know, yes. it was it was the version that was adapted for black folks to watch and enjoy because mm-hmm. there was that lack of representation in in movie, Broadway, in Broadway, in Broadway, yeah. and in movies. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really shitty to be like, look it up, like trying to like school. School the kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I mean, the thing is like, I know that she would probably come (laughs) back with like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. And that's the thing is, we know, Elliot, we know that you don't mean it the way that you're saying it. But you have to understand that there is like a certain level of ignorance with some of the stuff that comes out of this gal's mouth. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, I didn't tell Donna the second half because we were kind of like watching TV, but I had made another status today to try to educate the folks on this. Oh, and by the way, the reason we're bringing this up is because the post got a lot of reach. It's gotten shared a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. a, a lot, a lot of reach. Yeah. So what, and we, we wanted to be able to address it. We did. Coco did. And so <laughs> so somebody said, because Elliot was defending herself on her own status with the dress. She changed. By the way, she edited all of her stuff that she could. In Twitter, you have to delete. You can't edit on Twitter. Yeah. And so all of her stuff removed the caption. All it says, toot toot, beep beep. And so... Somebody had wrote on her status to her, okay, girl, said, okay, but girl, it's not an assumption if you flat out said you were inspired by a racist cab, then you were inspired by a racist cab. We didn't assume that. You posted it. Yeah. To which Elliot responded this morning, which I reshared on my Facebook, because she deleted it, of course. Uh-huh. Elliot said, it's a fucking musical, asshole. Literally everyone in the film is a person of color. Never once do you see a white person. It's a reach. Y'all are making assumptions about nothing because you have nothing better to do. If you don't like it, literally unfollow me. Don't watch Drag Race. Bunch of fake-ass fans who get off on streaming shit for uh, starting shit for no reason because they have nothing better to do. Hashtag trash is what she said. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how you deal with this situation. (laughs) It's so not. That is not how you... I'm... Okay, like... 
people are I think there's a certain amount of people that are like frustrated they're being like oh people are trying to cancel you know cancel culture da, 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 da. no I think there's a there's a big difference between asking for account- accountability and asking a person to learn from a situation than there is being like let's get this bitch like that's that's the thing is when certain microaggressions like this come out you need to take this opportunity to educate yourself move forward yes. and learn from it and in fact when people call me out on shit like that I am happy that they do it because it gives me an opportunity to learn something you know and you can be you can be defensive and not immediately want to apologize and that's totally fine say nothing and that's a a knee-jerk reaction for a lot of white people it is it's a t t yes and when you know you're done being humiliated because it's humiliating to be called out when you're done being humiliated you're done being mad and you're done being uh, defensive then you go okay like, and actually, a lot of people literally weren't actually even attacking her in the... By the way, because I emotionally cut, I went through some of those 200 shares and read the comments on those posts, on the Wells My post. So I probably read about 400 to 500 comments about this whole thing. Yeah. And nobody actually really was like... I mean, some people attacked her, but it was more so people were like, girl, all you had to say was like, dang, I absolutely did not get that reference. Because even a lot of people like I said in the early part of this episode, didn't get the reference. They yeah. were like, they were like, oh, I've seen The Wiz a thousand times and I never picked up on that. Yeah. So even feigning ignorance would have also been okay. Even yeah. just not even having to reshare or give me any notoriety. Just literally being like, it has been brought to my attention that I literally made an outfit off of a thing that is supposed to be anti-blackness in the movie. Yeah. Like, my, I, way off base. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's, yeah. like, because a lot of people... Even people I respect and admire said they didn't realize that that's what that was. Yeah. And I just feel like, but obviously to add what Donna said last episode, there's a lot of instances of, you know, her doing these things. Candy even said during a, it was during like a meet and greet or some sort of, Candy was hosting something and Mm -hmm. she was on the mic and Candy's quoted on the mic as saying that Elliot said a lot, had a lot of microaggressions to say, including towards Candy and towards Simone, specifically Simone's do-rag outfit. She called Ratchet, which it's just, I mean, it's stuff that I feel like people should know, but a lot of, some people don't. And I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess some people need patience, like through knowing that it's not okay to use that language to describe people of color. It's just not. It's it's problematic. Yeah. She, (laughs) She is unintentionally problematic. I was calling it accidental racism on my status today. Yeah. Microaggressions, because sometimes microaggressions can be um, intentional. So I like the term microaggressions, but it's also yeah. in this case, because a lot of people didn't know accidental racism, right? Yeah. And so here's the other thing, which you didn't see today, which I want. Um, this is this is great. We have a podcast so I can see Donna's first reactions to these things. Yeah. So before she wrote that comment, because this is all in the same thread. Mm-hmm. What she said was, and by the way, we're going to get into the whole concept of the Elliot with three Ks thing is what she's called online. Yes. I have a couple of feelings about that. But somebody had basically just posted, they posted my status to her. That's where this common thread is coming from. And so what she said was, literally kiss my ass. Y'all are seriously the reason 
for mental health issues, depression, and the reason we do not want to interact with y'all online. I am personally blaming you. I hope you go to bed tonight thinking about that, that you have personally ruined my night with your bullshit. How dare you make an assumption about someone you have never met? You're a nasty, disgusting person, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Was her first reaction to somebody posting. Actually, they did say Elliot with three Ks. And then okay. the picture. See, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I guess I would be frustrated <laughs> too if someone came up with a nickname like that for me and, and was, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would be too. Because that that is a lot of assuming. It is. Because we don't, I don't know Elliot. I've only seen and met her once. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know Elliot. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I still think it would probably have been better to like not respond. I don't know. I, it, this is a, a frustrating thing. How do, okay, let's go on with the Elliot with three <laughs> K's thing because now yes. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, I don't know. Like that is, it feels, um, quite a nickname. It's quite a nickname in a way that's really uncomfortable. I've seen it online and I kind of just, I just kind of like bypass it because I don't really, I don't follow drag race like I used to. And so those things don't really hit me that way. Yeah. But now that obviously I've been involved in a fray of this conversation, I debated actually writing about how I feel about the Elliot with three K's thing, because I'm pretty sure a white person came up with that. Yeah. And, And I don't, that is a really aggressive, blatantly racist nickname from somebody who I think is just ignorant as shit. It's just ignorance. It really is just ignorance. And I think, I don't, like, there's a difference between vindictive racism. Like, I I think that a more appropriate nickname would be, like, Kelly Osborne. Like, you know, call call her Kelly because of Kelly Osborne's dumb flub when she was saying, you know, on, on The View about the you know toilets and Donald Trump or whatever you know yeah. like mm-hmm. it was it's it's obviously just ignorance like it was just an ignorant statement and they have been a slew of ignorant statements so how do how do you go about helping someone or trying to educate someone that just kind of says some ignorant things sometimes I where Elliot is at because like Don and I are both activists in our own right and uh. I have to say this. She's not past the point of no return, but where she's at is a place that's really difficult for public consumption. Yeah. Where she's at is that person who makes the black joke in a room full of mixed company. And because she thought it was super funny, um, she's going to laugh at it. Elliot is the person who repeats a Dave Chappelle joke and sends the N-word because she's trying to reiterate it. Elliot's the person who doesn't like bleep out the N-word when she's singing karaoke. Mm -hmm. Elliot is the person who doesn't necessarily want a black doctor and doesn't see a problem with that. Elliot is the person who thinks that white twinks are the most attractive being and thinks that the word preference isn't considered racism involving black people. Elliot is at the space that is super uncomfortable for public consumption. Yeah. She is everything she said in the micro, like we are in a time to where you should know using the word aggressive to describe black people is not, not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. So where she's at is very far back and it sucks because she's in the public eye and she won't be able to be educated on these things because she's, too public now and i don't know how drag race could have vetted that before putting this person in a position to where they are going to consistently keep putting their foot in their mouth yeah because they say stupid crap and don't recognize what the problem is how many times were we in junction where we had to literally be like okay that's really wrong yeah and and then somebody being like 
I don't see this wrong. My one black friend said it was okay. And yeah. it's like, yeah. and you end up in these debates and debacle. And now the whole internet is like, girl, you're wrong. And she's just like, I don't see, you guys are just mountains and fandom, fandom, fandom. I said in my Facebook post today, I was like, this isn't about the drag race fandom. No, no. This is about you, girl. And it's, and it's, I, it would be a disservice to the entire situation to dismiss it as petty drama like she's trying to do. Or, or petty drama or or just some more drag race fandom attacking a, a real girl, you oh, know? reiterate. I literally love that. I'm going to just say it again. Donna literally just said it would be a disservice to the industry mm-hmm. to just, like, pretty much put all that in the lump of drama. Yeah. Because it's not. It, it would. It, it's, it is. It's a, it, this is supposed to, this should be treated as a, a as a important learning opportunity for this person. Absolutely. And now it is being dismissed as, oh, this is just drama. It's just hate. It, it's not. You know, it's like people are trying to hold you accountable for some of the shitty things that you're saying. And it's good to be like, hey, listen. And, and, and the thing is, I don't think, I don't feel like there was much tact in the explanation for the first thing that that she said, I can't remember what it was. What was the first thing that she commented oh, on? Um, well, technically, that was the first one. The literally kiss my ass thing. Is no, it was the, it was the black girl magic thing. Oh, the aggression thing. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the aggression thing. She had a whole explanation for that too. And oh yeah, and it wasn't good enough. I, it she, was. It, she's no. just like she's like some of those girls. And like when she was explaining it, and actually I know what she was saying, and she meant it. She just didn't realize it was wrong. I'll say it again. She meant it. She just didn't realize it was wrong to say. She was trying to say um, some black people who are about black girl magic come off scary, um, loud, and aggressive. And the the message they're trying to portray doesn't come across well because it's so loud and it's so mean and it's so violent. And the way Simone does it isn't like those girls that make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She does it in a neatly packaged way for white people. Mm-hmm. That is literally what she means. Yeah. So when she's like, trying, I didn't mean to say it. No, you did. You just didn't realize it's wrong. Because yeah. the girls who are being violent, loud, aggressive, and all those other terms are also still doing it correctly. I would, I mean, I would like to hear her explain her reasoning behind why she is saying all the things that she's saying and have it not be packaged by like trying to be as damage control. I would like Mm -hmm. it to not be explained as damage control, but what the thought process was behind her saying and doing these certain things that she has done. Well, I remember the one for the aggressive because we watched it and I just remember it not. Her just like literally, but I feel like that was damage control. Oh, oh that's maybe. what I'm saying. It's oh, like I maybe. feel okay. like I feel like that was damage control. I'd like to know what her like candid opinions and thoughts are behind some of the things that she's saying. Oh my gosh, I feel like she'd be like, "Well, there was only one black person in my high school, and I just feel like <sighs> that's how I feel about her." She reminds yeah. me of every single person in Cedar Ridge and Montrose and Delta, Colorado. Yeah, like I just yeah. like just combined into one person who accidentally made famous. Yeah, like my goodness, like girl, get your together. Have I what I was writing on my own status Mm -hmm. to people? I was like, she must have literally no black friends. I was like, there is no way they would let her go out there and make a fool of herself. Well, that's the thing though. She made that statement in front of Kahana and Coco on on the the black girl magic statement. It was in front of Alexis, Kahana, and Coco. (laughs) And they're all Vegas girls, but you know, I I feel like you know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not really my it's not my job to speak on it. But as another white person who has had to be educated on my own ignorance, I think that it's important to take this as a learning opportunity. And to the people who are being hateful and saying the three K's aggressive thing against her, that is that is kind of bullshit. Give her an opportunity to like recognize that what she's doing is ignorant, and hopefully she can respond. No one is ever prepared on this stage to be called out for their shit. But mm-hmm. I don't think we we need to be bullying people either. Uh, give her an opportunity to learn. Give her some space to learn rather than bullying her into making... I don't know. I don't know. No, I you're right. You're right on both. You know, I, I don't, don't know. believe in bullying people into making them like allies. I don't also believe in letting a person just keep spewing out some BS that's going to hurt communities. Yeah. Because the one thing that does suck, which we have to come back to, and we live in Portland and we can say this. The one thing I did say in my status today is you can't tell black folks something is not a symbol of racism. Yeah. Because when she's like, it's a fucking musical asshole. Yeah, and it's like it's still a musical, but you're not allowed. It's to a tell... musical that has meaning. Has Every meaning. musical has meaning and symbols behind yeah, it. Seriously, like I wouldn't go off and just like dress up as Hitler from the producers and be like, "Hey, look at me! I'm fr- <laughs> it's from the producers," you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> that is a I really don't know. good analogy. That is, <laughs> is really <it>? good. <laughs> That's really good. No, because well, it's from it's it's from a fucking musical. Asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like no, it's still Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Actually, yeah, that fits a little bit more. That one's more obviously very on point. But yeah, Yeah. it's still the same point. And I did say this. I said, if I was them, I said, this is the problem. There is no assumption here, Elliot. The cabs and the whiz represent racism. They are symbols of racism and anti-blackness. That's literally point. Personally, I think Elliot's reference was pure, just pure ignorance. But what would I do in that case? Or what would you do? And I said, I would apologize and take my lumps. We all Mm -hmm. fuck up. Instead, Elliot posts pics implying that we, as fans and a black community, are off base here. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, you can't just tell black folks something is not a symbol of racism. This isn't a reach. This is black reality. And then I said, my inbox is open for anyone who wants to have a discussion about these issues. Yeah. 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 I agree. And I think that that is probably a good place to leave it. This is definitely going to be the preview clip that we post on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so the episode ends with Simone and Candy having to lip sync against each other. Simone wins the lip sync. But Mm -hmm. dun dun dun. RuPaul decides to say, and actually this is the first time this has happened. It is. It was somebody won, somebody lost. It was a sachet away. Candy Muse is walking away. And RuPaul says, hold on, Candy. Um, I don't want you to go just yet. And then she's allowed to stay. This is the first time this has ever happened in Drag Race. Her you know, Drag at Race. least they're just being super transparent about their favoritism now. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, like, season seven bullshit where oh, we're like, God. why did Trixie lose that lip sync against against Pearl? Oh, my gosh. That's so, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, also, I want to have a call out here. If... I don't know if this episode of Gemma Secret Podcasts will get any viral notoriety like the things that have happened in the last couple of days. But if they do, and Elliot does happen to want to be interviewed for a Gem of a Secret podcast, we are absolutely open to having that dialogue. Um, for sure. Yeah. So um, when I share this episode, I'll actually put that in there. If Yeah. If she wants to reach out and let's have a let's school each other moment. Like I, it's an open door. We don't interrupt people here when we interview. We will let you say what you want to say. We can maybe have some educational moments. Yeah, um, for both of us. And we'll see. We'll get to know more about each other. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not like we're not talking about this just to get the notoriety for it. It's obviously an important thing that I think needs to be talked about. And yeah. I, I I think it's important to recognize that a lot of these girls are not media prepared. <laughs> when, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, 
So this, this would be a good opportunity for all parties to kind of learn more about each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Don, I forgot to ask, what are you wearing this evening? Well, the theme was yellow, and I am paying tribute to one of my favorite RuPaul's Drag Race all-stars and all-time queens, star of A Star is Born, Shangela, and I'm dressed up as a full-on corn husk. Oh. Uh, so I'm just <laughs> peeling off, off the layers, and uh, I'm just this buttered-up uh, corn on the cob for you. I don't know why it's making me hungry for donuts. <laughs> donuts? It's a little awkward. <laughs> like ring toss? Maybe I'm With the corn? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and so tonight I am dressed up like the magic school bus. Um, oh. No, not like a dress like Miss Fizzle. I'm actually dressed like the bus. Like the um, bus. So I have really big eyes on my mm-hmm. forehead. And then I'm wearing this like steel kind of like titanium yellow thing. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable yeah. to sit in. And it is piercing my skin as I sit in it. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks like it. <laughs> that's, that's what the red is from, it's blood. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, lovely. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for listening. Yes, we have these bonus episodes every Monday-ish, and then also our main episodes every Thursday. So catch us, give us five stars, and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast app. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.